What's going on, Altered Nation? This is Daniel coming to you with my good friend, Matt. Matt, how are we doing today, man? Doing fantastic. How are you? I can't complain. And to be honest with you, there's a lot that we have to talk about. Uh, there's been a lot going on on social media. There's been some pretty interesting news stories that's kind of hit. Um, and my community of believers have kind of been talking about it. So definitely some things I want to touch on. But the first thing I want to bring up uh, is what is going on with Ye, formerly Kanye. <laughs> Man, Kanye has... So I always told people with Kanye, and this is before he had his little thing with Alex Jones, I always told people that Kanye is either a genius that nobody understands, or he has just mentally lost his mind. And after hearing what I heard, I, I think it's the latter now. Um, but for those that don't know, essentially, uh, at the time we're recording this, I guess it's some time has passed even since we've, we're recording this, but... Uh, Kanye went on a a show with Alex Jones, uh, showed up with like his whole face covered, <laughs> and it was so weird and bizarre. And Alex Jones didn't even talk really about. I mean, he talked. They talked about like some stuff Jewish related, but out of nowhere, you hear Kanye saying like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with Hitler." Oh, and then no. suddenly every everyone else is like, "Hold on." backup what and he's like yeah like you know I, I i'm probably a nazi and oh. i was like wait 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 wait. <laughs> what i i'm not i'm i'm serious Dude, there's clip there are, there are so many clips but he, he he apparently was like and i what he was trying to do and this is why i think he's just mentally unstable he kept saying before that that he wants to love everybody as christ loves everybody but the way that he like the way that he said it was yeah is I love Hitler. Hitler was not such a bad guy. Mm. And I think the Nazis had some good things too. It's how he said it. And it was like, okay, no, that's no, that, that is not, that's not it. And so it was just a disaster. My question is, cause I, I've, I've not seen anything. How did Alex Jones respond to it? Cause Alex Jones, from what I remember, he's a very like, interesting fellow and he's very very controversial so like was he like accepting or was he just trying to like get away from that conversation so definitely more of the second um at first when he brought it up alex jones kept changing the conversation and at one point he <laughs> even tried to give him a cop out by saying oh so you you kind of just like their their fit right like he's like he tried to give him a way out by saying you like how they dress and kanye was like no they, they were actually good people and then at oh, one point no. you hear Alex Jones start laughing and he's like, I, I completely disagree with you. I'm sorry. And um, I don't even remember what Kanye said after that. But and, and during the interview as well, Kanye had like props and he was, I don't know, I don't know the whole story about who he was making fun of, but he had like a fly swatter or like a, a butterfly catcher net or something like that. And he, he kept talking like <laughs> this, holding the net while he was holding it. And I, I'm, I'm convinced like that he and I'm not saying this to like insult him. This is not me trying to be like funny. I legit think that he he probably needs to be like checked out because I I think that he's legit kind of lost his mind. Um. Well, and if I'm being honest, if Alex Jones is reeling in a conversation and he's like the voice of reason, then I think that's a very fair <laughs> assessment of the situation. No, absolutely. Yeah, and and 
it was just it was really bad and i, I don't know it, i kind of felt i didn't feel bad for him in the sense of like i empathized with him because I, I don't i i don't nec- i don't agree with anything he said but i feel bad that nobody has been a voice of reason for him because like even the guy that he was with i don't remember the guy's name um it's like nick something nick i, I don't remember his name but he kept saying, like, yeah, like, I, I kind of agree with Kanye. I, and, and he tried to, like, justify what he was saying. And I think that's doing nothing but bad for him because now Kanye thinks that he's saying things that he should say. And it it's kind of going in a downward spiral. So it is kind of scary because um, if he doesn't have anybody around him pointing him in the right direction, then it could end up being something right. pretty destructive. And so... Yeah. Stuff. Well, and we've seen we've seen similar things when celebrities they're just surrounded by yes men, you know. Yeah. And um, it it just after so long, it's it's more detrimental than anything. So, I, I guess what we're trying to say, Kanye, is if you need like a spiritual advisor, you know, please reach out. Uh, we're more than happy to take you on. Um, I don't charge very much. <laughs> um, pr- pretty pretty simple rate. Yeah, Kanye. Pretty, if you ever find the altered podcast, man, imagine if like he just came across us randomly. <laughs> well, I, I would ever be have him as a guest on the altered podcast <laughs> after that. But, Absolutely yeah. not. But he is. We will definitely <laughs> pray with him. Um, right. For yeah, sure. that's definitely. Man. Woo, um, that's wild. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, I don't. I personally don't recommend going to listen to it because for one, it's three hours long. It's a very long interview, but also it is. It is definitely not for kids uh, because of some of the stuff that's said, but also it's just, it is a train wreck. The whole discussion, everything they talk about is just a train wreck, but it is really sad to see. I mean, you could find clips online and all the clips that you see, like people, some people are being like, oh, well, they're taking it out of context. But I mean, as someone who watched the whole interview, every clip that you see is not out of context. Like you could take them as individual clips and- they mean exactly what you think they mean, um, and he was not holding back, and so he doubled down on it. So I, again, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to ruin Kanye's reputation or anything, but like, as as believers, I mean, you know, Judah Smith, I think, did a really good discussion on this. He said like we should be praying for people like celebrities because nobody Absolutely. else is willing to do so, and I think that's a great opportunity for us to uh, to partner with with the kingdom of God and, and seeing hopefully that Kanye, you know, have his, I, I, I don't know where his heart is. Um, that's only that thing, something that God knows, but if he's praising Nazis and Hitler, then uh, it, it, there's not a lot of fruit there. And so I'm praying that the Lord convict him and, and you know, whatever needs to be done will be done and that he get the right kind of help. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right. And, and we've, we said it before it really, and, and until you're in someone's shoes and for someone to be as big of a celebrity as, as Kanye is, I mean, it, you just, you don't really know what they're going through or what they've, what they've been through. And so, yeah, that, we, we joke and stuff like that, but really at the end of the day, uh, as believers, we do need to pray for them and, and pray for all of our celebrities just because celebrities then, when I say then, I mean, even like 20 years ago versus celebrities. Now there's just been so much that has changed in culture and it's just, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult being on a pedestal like that and the entire world watching you. So yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And one thing that I want to bring up that I've kind of seen on social media 
um, is this story about uh, Athena, I believe is how you pronounce her name. It's Athena Strand. And the only reason I really know about it, because um, I don't really keep up with the news a whole lot, but uh, I've got some pastor friends that live in Texas. And basically what I got from the story, and my wife and I, we had talked about it. Shout out, Hannah. Uh, you know what? Shout out, shout out marriage, uh, by the way, because <laughs> at the time that we were recording this podcast, my wife and I just announced that we're having a baby. Uh, and that's a big deal. That is a big deal. So there was this uh, young girl, and um, I, I want to say that I, I did a little bit of research, and I'm right for the most part. This young girl and uh, her mom, they had a little bit of an argument, which, I mean, literally who has never had argued with her parents, it happens. And so they had a little argument in their house and she had left the house, the young girl who was uh, seven, I believe. She left the house to go cool off, which that's a very responsible thing to do. But whenever she walked away from my understanding is like, they have like a really long driveway. And if you're listening to this and you're from like uh, Kentucky or South Carolina, somewhere in the South, like it's pretty normal to live like out in the country and have like a long driveway that leads up to your house. So she's walking down her driveway and a FedEx driver saw her and kidnapped her and murdered her nonetheless. So killed this, this innocent seven year old girl and which is absolutely heart wrenching. I, I can't imagine the, the pain the sorrow, uh, the grief that this family feels, you know, feels about this. And I remember reading the story and what my wife had told me, and, and I had to go look at it for myself, was that the grandfather of this young girl had posted about how he forgives this man who did that to his granddaughter. And, you know, I have always told myself that I wish I could be like that if I was ever in someone's shoes who experienced that. Uh, but to actually see it like being played out in a situation that's as devastating as this, it just, it, it really like for me, like for my faith, it makes me really challenge you know, not that I mean I wish something like this would never happen to me, but it really makes me challenge how I view forgiveness, and it really makes me guess or second guess like is is my heart really where it needs to be when it comes to forgiving others? Because I like to I like to think that it is, but truly is it? Um, and it's just I mean he just he goes on onto this talking about like how the flesh side of him feels one way, but he has a relationship with Jesus and with this relationship, he knows that he's got to forgive this guy. I mean, it, it, powerful words. I, I won't go through all of it. Um, yeah, cause you can go, you can find it online, but it's just, um, man, I, and I, I don't know about you, Matt, but like how, how can we be like Jesus in a situation that is so, so evil? That's my question. What do you yeah. say to that? Yeah, it's it's definitely man. It, it's that's a great question because, like you said, it's easy to say that we would be forgiving in those situations. I mean, and, and we have to think like not to kind of Bible juke this, but I mean, think about Jesus went through the same thing when he was on the cross and he said, "Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing." 
a man who was totally innocent who got killed for doing nothing wrong and and then we see stories like this of people doing essentially the same thing they did nothing to deserve what they got and yet you have someone who does something so incredibly evil and uh and being able to forgive them as far as how i I mean i i'm grateful that i haven't had to make that that kind of decision myself um but the only the only thing that i could think to say and again i'm i don't think i'm really qualified to answer this question fully but from what i know about what jesus taught and and how really the whole bible teaches is that the only way we're going to get to a place of true forgiveness is if we understand that God has everything under control. It takes mm-hmm. radical faith, radical trust. And um, one thing that, you know, one of the people I look up to a lot is Marty Solomon. And the running theme of his content is trust the story that God is telling in the world, even if the story isn't in your favor. Um, and so. Because the thing we have to understand is the Bible teaches that all things work together for the good, and it may not look good, especially when it happens, but to choose to forgive someone and to to look past someone else's wrong and trusting in God on his promises, man, that is something that, like you said, I don't know I don't know if I'd be able to react that way today. I, there's it's super convicting when I hear stories like this because, yeah, I know that my gut reaction would be, this guy can just go rot in a cell. Hopefully, he gets the the death penalty. Like I'd I'd be wishing him harm if it happened to my kid. I don't I don't have any kids, but like I, I can imagine that's how I would respond. And so, man, it's it's a tough question. But the it's it has to take a faith that is unlike anything that I have right now. Um, if I'm being totally honest, it's something that. I, I don't know how I would respond to it, but it's that's a great question, though. Yeah, well, and I think, and I, I've seen similar stories like this before, and it just kind of gets me back to, I guess, the overall idea of our our walk with with Jesus. And you alluded to it is you know if we truly are just believing that believing the best and like, you know, the story that is playing out before us, God has it under control and we're just going to leave it in his hands. Um, you know, for someone like me and I'm a pretty easy on person, but there are certain things just like for everybody, there's certain things that it's, it's hard for me to imagine not having any control over certain aspects. Mm. Um, and just, um, leave it up completely and entirely to 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 God and to trust that he knows best even though deep down yeah I know he does but that's so hard that's that's a extremely tough pill to swallow um and I think something that I I've I've really thought about recently and and as Christians we should be thinking about this and it is a pretty big topic that we're probably going to dive in um, and it's, this could really go anywhere um, is that relationship with Christ really begins with uh, obviously knowing him, knowing who he is and what he's done for us, but also having that daily connection with him through prayer. 
I feel like prayer is one of those things that sometimes we take for granted. I think prayer is one of those things that it's easy to forget how important it is, but prayer is the heartbeat of our relationship with Jesus, along with like obviously knowing who he is and what he's done for us. Um, it, I mean, that is our direct line and connection with them. Um, uh, once again, along with, you know, knowing who he is and, and all that. Matt, if I were to ask you to rate your prayer life on a scale from one to 10 and, and give me complete transparency and honesty, because I'm going to give honesty to you as well, where you're at today, scale from one to 10, how would you rate your prayer life? Um, if you would have asked me this question about two weeks ago, I would have said like a three or a four. Um, but recently, uh, it's actually been something. It's it's funny that we're talking about this today because this has been something the Lord has been convicting me. I get so we get so I get so um, tied up with you know learning and growing and and putting together all of these like teachings and stuff um, for both church and the podcast and and other things that it's really easy to have all of these other things going on and think that you're, you're off to a, a great, you know, your life's going in the right direction. And then mm-hmm. for some reason you have that part of you that just kind of feels like you're doing the right things, but you don't really feel connected to God or you feel like God may be just, you know, like more distant, even though he's not like you feel like God's more distant. And uh, sure. I have, I've come to realize over the last like two weeks that, that just from, opening my heart more to prayer and to listening it has uh it has even even if nothing that i'm praying for is like massive just the communion with god and talking with god has been it's been super life-giving so as far as where it is obviously i can definitely get better um all the time but if i had to give it on a scale of 1 to 10 now i'd probably put it more at about an 8 and that's not to like mm-hmm. brag but it's like it's something very recent the Lord's been convicting me on, and it's something that I've been on a journey on for really quite a while. It goes up and down a lot. Um, so while it may be at eight today, I can't promise that you know in two months there may be times where some days I feel like a three, some days it's like a one where I don't feel like I say anything to God. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And you had you had the perfect response because I one thing I was going to mention, and you kind of you already kind of hit the nail on the head is the season that I'm in, it seems like my prayer life is almost like um, if, my, if, if, my, if my season of life is doing this, then my prayer life is more than likely this. If I'm yeah. struggling in this season, my prayer life is, is probably a lot more. I'm talking to God a lot more. I, need, I, need, I feel like I need him a lot more. Yeah. Um, if 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 my season is man, things are pretty good right now. Can't really complain, you know. Uh, that that need or like that, I'll I'll even say want, like actually just want, wanting to pray. It's probably a little bit less, and mm-hmm. I I find myself in certain seasons. If I'm being completely honest with you, I, I think generally I would say I'm maybe a six or seven on my prayer life. And one thing that I've noticed is um, 
I, I, I try my best to, to, to pray every day and to try to connect with God. But sometimes it's just, it's extremely difficult. And one thing, <laughs> and maybe you've experienced this before too, is uh, I've never considered myself like a good prayer. Oh, sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like even be like, even be like a minister. I've noticed that. Um, obviously, I, I pray a lot more being a minister, like uh, in a corporate setting, like in front of others, or I pray for others. Um, but like the the prayer that I'm doing, like I'm, I feel inferior because I know some people who like they're just like absolute prayer warriors and i'm like a prayer like kindergartner like and it's it's so intimidating sometimes to think about like when i like i try to measure myself to others it's like man like this is just one thing that i've that i'm not good at i don't know if you've ever experienced that oh dude i'm telling you every time um because the church i go to and I'm, i'm i know yours is very similar is uh we're a lot more um of of open prayers like there there'll be there's many times where we'll we'll have like a group of people and everybody will pray like take turns praying yeah um yeah and so you'll you'll have usually I like to be the one to start it because at that point like I don't feel as bad <laughs> but if 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 I'm like third and the person that's it. second is like thus saith the Lord of hosts and they start like prophesying and quoting every scripture they, they, they recite the entire bible perfectly they start speaking into like, they, they go into everything and yeah it comes to me and i'm like uh, hey god you know <laughs> it's, it's uh <laughs> it, and so there, there's that um but there's even the flip side of that too sometimes if i'm not careful i'll hear all the daddy god prayers and i'll feel like i'm uh superior to them in my prayer life and that can be just mm-hmm. as dangerous um, sure, absolutely. And so I've kind of experienced both sides of that because, like, for me, it's it is, and, and you know, if you if you do the daddy god thing, I'm not. For me, it just it's not something that I personally am a fan of, mostly because it just makes me laugh when I hear it. Um, <laughs> and again, that's not if you use the daddy god language, I'm not. I promise, I'm not like downing that. Some people really get intimate with that, and that's great. Um, but for my attention span. Like it's, it's yeah. Anyways, I don't want to go into, into that, but there, there is the flip side of that where you hear someone pray for like 10 seconds and then you feel like you prayed better by praying for two minutes. And, um, I've kind of felt both sides of that, but most of the time it's like what you said. I feel like I hear someone pray and I just don't even want to pray out loud anymore because it's like, I don't have as much to say, or maybe they covered everything or or whatever, or like, is does my prayer even do anything? Like, am I praying for something that God's already answered? And what you just said, I um, I I wonder if we did like a study or 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 some sort of um, like just gathered like information and had people do like a survey in church when it comes to prayer. I think we would be stunned to to see the numbers on like people who pray. But they don't really know if God hears them. Oh, sure. Or 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 maybe like people who pray, but they um, they just they they doubt whether or not it's really adequate enough, right? Um, I I know for myself. I mean, I, I've I've had seasons where 
especially when I was younger, and this might get really deep for a second. Um, so just for just forewarning, uh, when I was younger, I experienced the loss of my dad to cancer. I was 18 years old, and one thing that I love about the the church that I was at at the time is they were people of faith, and and obviously faith is super important to being a Christian. I mean, it's like the like it's crucial. You have to have faith. You have to have faith in Jesus. You have to believe that he is who he is and he did what he did. Mm. Um, but when it comes to like praying for healing, I think there's, as Christians, we can sometimes be detrimental in what we're praying for. Yeah. I, I remember when my, my dad first, first got diagnosed, my dad, he was a very, encouraging person he was someone who always saw the silver lining and that's something that i feel like i've definitely picked up from him i, I could see a totally sucky situation be like well you know what here's here's the good in it um and so when my dad first got diagnosed it was a bad diagnosis i mean he had um two different types of cancer and uh the doctor had Gave, gave him the timeline and he literally he died on the the exact day like that uh, she said he would which is really really crazy but that's aside from the point yeah i remember when I, my d- dad first got diagnosed people immediately wanted to prophesy about my dad being healed yeah, yeah. and as m- me being a teenager i mean i'm 18 um and that was something that i really wanted to hear obviously no one wants to hear that hey man like this might not work or hey man like this might not be good or it might end this way as people we we want to hear something encouraging you know more often than not and i remember um i mean i if i had to give like a number of times that i prayed in that span of six months that my dad was going through treatment and just got progressively worse. I would say I prayed at like at least I would say 10,000 times. I mean, I was, I was praying constantly and believing that God was going to heal him. Um, and I, I remember people giving me words quote unquote from the Lord saying, your dad's going to be healed. Some people went as far to say, like, this is how it's going to happen, or this is when it's going to happen. I mean, really, like, really just trying to sell this to me. Yeah. And whatever my dad passed, the, the cop-out was, well, now your dad is healed, Daniel. Now your dad is healed, and he's walking with Jesus. And I'm like, this is literally not what you guys were selling me. Um, and th- like, this is not at all how it was supposed to end up. This is not how it's supposed to happen. So when I was 18 and, and my dad passed away, I went on this journey. I, I was very angry. I, I was angry with, I don't want to say people cause I, I don't think they had bad intentions, but I, I was angry that I felt like I was kind of led on and I was extremely angry with God. And I think through that i had to come to a place to where i learned what prayer was and what prayer isn't i think in order to know to truly understand what prayer is and how we communicate 
it's important to know what prayer is not and what prayer will not produce for you. And and people can disagree with me on this. That's totally fine. And I, I don't want to say that, let me preface this, I don't I don't want to say that Jesus doesn't heal, and this, I, this, this, that idea right there it will probably be a different podcast topic. I believe Jesus can heal. You know, I, 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 I believe that he does. Uh, I believe that he will. I just think that sometimes we try to pray over certain things, but God already has a plan, and God already knows what He's doing. And like Matt alluded to earlier, we have to trust that no matter what. And we have to be okay with that. And that our prayer maybe should be, you know, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and believe for this. But at the end of the day, it's all in your hands. I'm going to trust you no matter what. Yeah. That's the prayer I wish I would have heard when my dad was sick and dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that I think, and, I, I, and I'll you know, correct my course. Once I say this, I think the thing that probably hurt the most is like, I, I was kind of given the, these, these words from God that he was going to be healed and that he was, everything was going to be fine. And, um, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself that, man, I've got all this time with my dad. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I was not worried at all. I, I truly thought to myself, like my dad's going to be just fine. Um, you know, we're going to look back after a year and we're just going to just thank the Lord that he brought my dad through and this, that, and the other. And I, I truly feel like I got robbed. I got robbed because I was like, well, he's going to be okay. So like, I don't have to worry about this or that, or, uh, I, I got robbed of like time that I, that I thought I had. And I think that was the hardest part about it. So I said that to say this, I think if we're going to mention prayer, there are some things that we got to kind of identify of of what prayer is and what prayer isn't. So Matt, if you had to give me one thing that for for you as a believer, wh- what is prayer to you? And you just give me one thing or you, you can go into whatever you feel like you need to say about prayer, but for you, just one thing of like what prayer is. Uh well, I would I would answer that with really answering another question that I think would, would help a little bit too is, is why do we pray? Because I, I, I think that we put a lot of stress into the words that we, we say when I don't, cause like you said, there, there is tension and I don't think there's any, there's, if you're, for being honest, I don't know if there's any Christian on earth that hasn't asked at some point, if God knows everything and God knows the outcome, why am I even praying? Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a question we all have, and and I don't think it's a bad question. Like I think it's a good question, and uh, it was something that was actually raised recently with one of my mentors. And um, the answer that he gave, I'm kind of going to steal his thunder, is prayer for it should always, 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 always be more about the connection with God than about the request. What we pray is not necessarily. I'm not saying it's not important. It's definitely important but it's not nearly as important as the relationship we're building with the one we're talking to. So right. it, it, and it, I, I truly believe like God is all knowing when we sit down with God and we say, God, you know, I don't understand this situation and I need you to do this for me and this for me. 
And God already knows how he's going to respond to that question. I'm I'm not going to pretend like he's not. I I truly believe God knows the outcome. But I believe that God is sitting there and listening to us not because like he's not looking at us like we're idiots for asking it. He's like I'm so glad that you're sitting here talking to me and I will hear everything right. you have to say even if you don't know what's going to happen and I do. I still just want to sit here and listen to you talk. And and we're going to talk about that more on the next podcast more about the the intimacy, intimacy side of things. But as far as what prayer is for me, like I, I have stopped stopped focusing as much because I think prayer is just as much the listening as it is the speaking. The speaking is great. What you say is great. But I think a huge part of prayer is, and, and we don't practice this often as Christians, but after we pray, taking however long you need to take to just pause and listen. And when I say listen, you know, I'm not saying listen for an audible thunder from heaven. I I personally believe, and, and you can disagree with me if you want, anybody who's listening, I think the Holy Spirit can work through our thoughts. I think that mm-hmm. he can bring things to memory, bring things to our thoughts. Now, obviously, if those thoughts are not something that's fruitful or something that you know God wouldn't say, then obviously you can discard those. But if you're praying and you finish your prayer and you feel or hear in your thoughts something like, I just love you so much, or I'm jealous for you, and I, I'm with you wherever you go, like little things like that, I, I, I have to believe that's the Holy Spirit. Because because right. the nat- the natural part of my thoughts is not thinking that at all. It's like, God, I need you, and I feel abandoned. But when I feel like when I have that thought of God is actually here with me, I truly believe that's the Holy Spirit. That may be too mystical for some people that's listening, and if it is, that's totally fine. Um, but I think that prayer, a big part of prayer is listening as well. Or even after you pray, sit down and read your Bible. And I believe the Lord can show you things in there as well. But I don't think it's as, I don't think the stress should be on what do we pray as, I mean, that's, that is a big part of it. We should make our requests made known to God. That's all in the Bible. But I think the main focus of our prayer should be, I'm going to connect with God because connecting with God is going to answer my prayer, even if the request doesn't get answered, because I have him mm-hmm. and he is everything I need. And if he truly satisfies, it doesn't matter what you pray. You're going to be satisfied, even if the answer he gives you ultimately is not what you like. You're still going to be satisfied because you have him. And so that, sure. that's that's what prayer is for me. So, No, I love it. And you've heard it before. I mean, he, God's just not some cosmic you know, vending machine. Yeah. Who's just there, just um, on, on a dime? Just oh, yep, you got it. This this is for you. Um, and one thing that I've I've realized is that prayer doesn't have to be just like this very like elaborate and like presentation that you put before God. Yeah. I w- one thing that I've realized in my prayer life um, is I find myself having very, very, I don't know if I would say, I'll call them experiences. Yeah, like I've had very, very like intimate experiences with him by like the casual conversations that I have with him. Yeah. Uh, like like for me, it's like prayer, like like just like conversation is, is how my prayer usually is with with God, and I, and I think that's why I get so intimidated when I have to go and like pray corporately, is because like my personal 
walk with him is a very um i don't know it's very it's kind of low-key my, my, my prayer life is with him and i say low-key in the sense of like he is like he's like a dad to me or he's sure, like a friend yeah. to me like that, that's how i treat him in, in my prayer walk and whenever i go from like that to like a corporate setting it's like i have to like up the ante a little bit so people think i'm a halfway decent christian you know um mm-hmm. and it's not to say that when i'm in my personal time with him that i i don't revere him or that i don't respect him or that i don't love him or that i don't uh you know even fear him on some level um it's just that i have this um this god who just loves me so much and he knows everything about me like he's my best friend so if there's someone like that that is a human that knows me and like like matt he knows me he he knows my struggles where i've come from um i'm going to talk to him like like he's my best friend cuz that's who he is yeah and it's going to be a casual conversation and i know what i'm going to say he's going to receive it because he knows me for who i am and i i think when it comes to prayer i think sometimes that we can kind of we can we can fall short on trying to overperform for yeah. him wow. when when he doesn't want that performance you know he doesn't want the performance he just he just wants us he he knows who we are like why should we have to put on for him especially when it's like in our our, our own private time with him he truly knows who you are and he just wants you to be you Yes, absolutely. And that's that that right there, that that is revolutionary. That that he doesn't want you. He's not looking for you to say the right words. He's not looking for you to check all the boxes in, in, in how you pray. He just wants your heart. And that that is the answer. In my opinion, that's the answer to every prayer that you ever have. Is if if you come and I, I'm kind of stealing a little bit from our next discussion. But if if you realize just how how jealous God is for your heart and how much he wants to just simply look at you and hear your voice like that like that 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 revelation radically changed my life when I realized that he wants to meet with me more than I want to meet with him like yeah like the, can we just let that sit for a second? Like, do you, the God of the universe, the God who created all things, loves me so much? He loves me more than I love him, which means that he wants to see me more than I want to see him. Even days that I am just totally like, this is not it. Like, he's still drawing us in, he's pulling us in. Even with Israel, like, if you look at the prophets, when they go into Babylon, it, like, the prophets say that the Lord is constantly wooing them back to himself like a yeah. lover like like what like the they they flat out worshiped other gods treated people like scum and completely rejected what God wanted and yet you see God in the wilderness and he's sitting there drawing them in drawing them in drawing them closer and even with the the i mean you, you could go through the whole story of Israel and see this cuz Israel constantly over and over and over and over they are rejecting God and yet God as soon as he hears their cry he is the first one to show up and say i'm here i i have mm-hmm. not left you i will never leave you nor forsake you i i am here to make your enemies the, your footstool because you called out to me and i think the same is true with us because we've been grafted into that same story as followers of Jesus and when we pray, 
it's our opportunity. Not only is it our opportunity to connect with God, I be- I truly believe God's seeing that. Like, yes, I get to connect with Him. Like, I I think that God is is ecstatic. When some of the description that the um the Old Testament gives of the joy of the Lord, that that the joy that God has, is like a uh you you ever see people who get so excited they get up on their feet and start jumping up and down, like. Yeah, the, that's how a lot of the Old Testament, I, I don't know the word off the top of my head, I'd have to look it up, but there's a certain joy that's mentioned in one of the Psalms where it says God has that kind of joy, where he's up on his feet jumping and leaping and dancing because he is so excited that you're there. And so, like, that that has, like, like you just said, he's not looking for your performance. And if, if you could simply just recognize how much God is obsessed with you, then I promise you, your prayer life, you'll, you'll never have to worry about what to pray again because you'll realize that everything you say has weight to it. Not because you're getting what you asked for, like he's a vending machine, like you just said, but because you are talking to a God who loves you and wants to give you the world. He's a loving father who wants to give his kids good things. And if you seek him, you will find him. And so that, yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of went on a tangent there, but I, that is, you saying that is, is so profound, and I don't think people realize how big of a deal that is, that it's not about performance, it's just about us showing up as we are. That is, that is the answer to America's problems in Christianity, is recognizing it's not about performance, it's about relationship with the king. So, yeah, that's so good. Well, and I think, I think if we can recognize that, because I just think to myself, you know, prayer shouldn't be something that we do it should be a way that we live yes and if we truly recognize that that's how god feels about us i think that will manifest in our lives as believers absolutely when we come to that realization that that's that's who he is and that's how much he loves us and that it's really that good then prayer becomes a way that we just we simply live because it is that good, and he is that good. Um, so, so no, like I totally agree with everything you said. Um, and I just, I, I wish it was like as a believer, I wish it's something that I would have found and discovered earlier in my walk. Oh yeah, I mean, because me I, I, <laughs> I think back <laughs> to, to how many times I've gotten it wrong. Um, when it comes like to like the, like the prayers that I've prayed and like, especially like the spiritual guilt I've experienced for like what I've prayed before. Um, cause there was a time where like those, those like conversational prayers, I, I would, I would do that and it kind of felt right. But then like part of me was like, well, it's like, am I disrespecting God? Am I, am I yeah, like, sure. sh- can I, can I even talk to him like this? Um, well, and then I, I remember, I forget where I heard this at, but I totally, totally understood where he was coming from. He was like, well, I used to fall asleep when I would pray, Matt, I had a prayer that I would pray every night. And it was, it's, it was like the very, very, um, like mainstream prayer. Like now nah, lay me down to sleep. Like I, I swear up until I was like 16 or 17, that's how sure, I would yeah. pray every yeah. single night. 
And uh, I've got to a point where I was like, well, I want to change that up. All right. And so I would kind of pray and I would kind of go through like what I did throughout the day and I would pray for certain people. And I would literally like by the time that prayer was I before, before I even got close to finishing it, I would fall asleep. Like I would be I would pass out and I would start snoring. And I remember waking up with such spiritual guilt, like, oh, my God, like I like I literally fell asleep while I was praying. And I just I knew. I knew that God was angry at me for that. But here's the thing. God knows my heart. He knows where I'm coming from. If you talked to Daniel 10 years ago, it's like, dude, like what the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. But now it's like, listen, I, that's just, that's my dad. And I'm going to talk to him and he, he knows my heart. He knows where I'm coming from. Um, and yeah, man, it's just, I wish I would have discovered that younger because the spiritual guilt that i that i put myself through at a young age uh wasn't necessary it's not necessary listen you you don't have to be perfect in prayer and i think that's kind of just what this is that all this is getting at you don't have to be perfect uh it's not a performance he knows your heart he knows where you're at he knows everything about you um it, it's it's a personal conversation or it can be. It can be that personal conversation that's directed to God in a casual, informal manner um, that acknowledges the most important thing that we've that we've said. As long as we're acknowledging that total dependence on Him, mm-hmm. that we need Him for everything, and that He's got us no matter what. I, I believe our my prayer, and I'll be the first one to admit that my prayer life is going to elevate like never before. Um, and my prayer for others, anyone that I've talked to about this, is that if we can get that realization that it's it's not so much about doing it and checking the boxes off, it's about it being a way that we live. And it, 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 it could be like that if we just realize who we're praying to and how good it really is. Yeah, and if, if there's any parents, they may be able to relate this really well, but I heard someone describe God like in the form of like you talk, like you just said, like a dad. And they just, they were talking about how there were random nights that they would, you know, their kid would be asleep and they would go and sneak in the room while they were asleep and just sit there and like, not in a creepy way, but like as a loving dad, just sit there and like watch their kids sleep and just like thinking like, I, I just love this child so much. And I love to see them. Yeah. I love to see that they're so at peace that they can rest under my house. And, See, and, and when we think about, if you can think about the best dad in the world, knowing that God is better than that, then, the, man, that is, because we, we tend to go to God looking at him, assuming that he is just ready to destroy us because of all the faults mm-hmm. that we have. But if you see God as a dad, like, if imagine, if we're not, I'm not a parent, so I can't relate to this as much, but I'm, I'm, I can, you know, you can get the analogy. But imagine your kid does something horrible. Like they spit in your face, they walk out, they leave, they go and do everything wrong. I mean, this is the prodigal son story, really, but they go out and do everything. I was going to say, literally, yeah. <laughs> they go out and do everything they want to do, and then they come back home. I guarantee, I guarantee you're not going to be that person that goes up to them and be like, man, if I can't let you back in. Sorry. Like, I know that you, you would drop everything you have. To sprint, at, you you would run to your kid faster than they ran to you, just to embrace them. 
And I'm telling you that the pro it's funny that we mentioned the prodigal son story. That story um, was actually what began this journey for me. Damon Thompson did a sermon called the father's robe and mm. the way that he described, because um, if you look at the details of that story, the father, like whenever he gives him the robe, um, he's quoting the passion translation. So I don't, and this is the only part that I know from the passion. If it's not in the original, then I, I believe it's still hinting at it, but he Correct. says, um, go and get the, go and get the son a robe, my very own robe. And if you think about the picture that he's painting there is the son is exchanging his dirty rags for the, for the father's spotless robe as if he never mm-hmm. left. They had, they threw a party for him. And even though he took his inheritance and squandered everything, he still came home and had everything he had when he left. And seeing, wow. if we see God that way as that kind of father, then there is no way that we, because I was always the person that if I ever, you know, if I looked at, uh, if I looked at porn or if I um, said cuss words and did everything that the church told me not to do, I, I would always go to God and I would feel so bad, like some ashamed piece of crap that, that God wanted nothing to do with. And whenever and I felt that for so many years, thinking that that was just how God was and I had to get everything right by praying the prayer of forgiveness and get resaved every night. And when I heard this message and ever since then, like the fact that God is not looking at me, seeing someone who is just a filthy, horrible person, but seeing me as his kid, regardless of what I may look like, I still wear his robe. I still wear the father's robe. And even though I may do stuff to, to totally ruin his robe, sometimes he's always there to give me a fresh one. And it's just, it is revolutionary when you see God as a loving. I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record because I already said this, but seeing God as a loving dad more than we see him as a, a angry, wrathful, trying to destroy you, God, it, that, that shift will, will change your life. It, everything, you will give up everything you have for that. You will, that, that in my opinion, is when you encounter like I know I'm not saying like like going to heaven when you die but like if you want to talk about salvation recognizing who you are and and how much he loves you like I I think it's at that point when you make that shift like God's not a god who hates me but a god who loves me and I gave it up for so long I spent about 2 years of my life pursuing theology and 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 ministry jobs and and I I slacked on this area of prayer and intimacy and yet like when I when I when I came back to it, um, I got to the place where I was like, when I came back, this was uh, about a year ago. Um, the Lord met me back where I was and gave me this the same the same simple idea of His love. I told God, I was like, God, I I will literally, I, I, for one, I'll never go back to where I was. But also, God, you tell me whatever you need me to give up for this. And I will sacrifice everything I have for it, even though that's not what God's asking for. But that's that's kind of the response you have is, Lord, I I will stop doing everything I'm doing for the rest of my life if it means I get just one more taste of your presence like this. And it is it is just revol. I, I know I'm I'm kind of rambling, but it's revolutionary. No, no, I mean you're right. It, it, it sounds so radical because I I just. 
I just feel like as, as like baby Christians, we're not really taught about that yeah. like we ought to be taught, if that makes sense. And it, it sounds so radical. It sounds so, I don't know, like, is this even real? Almost. Um, and, but it is, man. It is. So, no, um, you're, you're, you're right on. You're right on. It's just trying to get to that realization. And we, we're we all on this journey, and we're all always trying to figure out. We're all always trying to trying to progress, and um, uh, and we'll, we'll get there. But if I, we just – I think we take it for granted sometimes, and we don't really realize that that is who he is. Um, but, I mean, this, the story of the prodigal son, that I, I think if we ever needed – a, I mean, you painted a really beautiful, an amazing picture uh, that's been painted before of, of who he is in that story, the prodigal son. And if we'll just accept it for what it truly is and who he truly is, um, we'll we'll never be the same. It'll change you for sure. But that that's that's all I have, man. Do you have anything you want to throw in or anything you want to mention before we? close this pot out uh no i was just gonna say that literally the next episode that we're doing is gonna be it's really i'm willing just to call it a part two to this episode uh because we're talking about beloved identity and i think we kind of touched on it in this too um so we are kind of leaving this like it seems like we're kind of abruptly ending this because we could talk about this for hours but the next conversation is going to be more of this maybe go a little bit deeper into some bible verses and stuff but um it like I'll, I'll save it for them because I know we're approaching an hour, and so I'll, I'll save it more for that conversation. Yeah, so we'll end with that. I uh, want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is episode number five, I believe. So Does that sound right? I think, yeah, I think so. so. Yep, episode five. Yeah, if not, we'll cut it out. <laughs> uh, but thanks so much for sticking with us th- thus far. If you look in the notes for this episode, you will find our social media handles. You'll find some great resources. You'll find our email address if you have questions. Remember, if you're just going to email us and roast us, uh, we will post the <laughs> uh, email you send us online, and we will roast you first. Yes, sir. Uh, so please... So please remember that before you just try to uh, tell us we're heretics. We will name drop Um, you too. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I I am not. I am not above that. Uh, But no, once again, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, We will see you back with the next episode. And should we say it's part two? Yeah, we'll just call it part two. Sure. Yeah, we'll just call it part two. Uh, Listen, we love you. Altered Nation, we are out. Thank you.